Hey everyone, I'm Matthew. And I'm Ileana. Welcome to the Armory. This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples. We want to provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith. Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's Word and abide in Christ. Thanks for joining. Right, well, welcome to this week's episode of The Armory. We are not recording where we normally record. I thought you were going to say we're not recording an episode. I was like, oh, no, we are. Press the button. We are actually in a little small town called Montrose, Virginia. It's so cute. In the northern neck. By Mount Holly. Yeah, this was actually funny. We just took a picture of a little post office that said Mount Holly on it. Yeah, it was really cute. Anyway, probably wondering why we're out here. We have a family in the church who was very nice to let us use their Airbnb for the weekend. Mm -hmm. So we kind of got away. This is our first time away from Atticus for the night. Yeah, that's crazy. The night has passed. This is the morning now. He's doing great. Staying with our grandparents, well, his grandparents, my parents. Mm -hmm. Sounds like he had a blast. He doesn't even know we're gone. Every time they send us a picture, he's like smiling the biggest I've ever seen. Yeah, he's happier with them for sure. Yeah. They probably just give him sugar. Ice cream or something. Anyway, he's doing great. We're doing great. But we thought we would record kind of an episode, a little break from our series to talk a little bit about kind of why we even wanted to come out here and why it was important. So we are coming up on two years of marriage. That's fun. That is fun. Sometimes it feels like we've been married for way longer than that. And sometimes it it feels like like it hasn't even been two years yet. You know? Yeah, it's strange. It also feels like we've had Atticus for way more than six months. Yeah. And also not at the same time. You know? Yeah. 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 It's weird. It is a little strange. But yeah, I think it's because we did a lot. Of, we've done we've done a lot of things. Like we met in, in Chicago. Yeah. And then we spent some time, a lot of time in Michigan when like COVID was at its peak. Yeah. And then we moved to Dallas. And then we moved to Maryland. So we've done like a lot of different things in a short period of time. So yeah, probably what's why like it feels started like. started new jobs. Like multiple times. Multiple times. It's probably why it feels like. Yeah. This is just flying by. We bought some cars. Bought some cars. <laughs> sold some cars. We did a lot of different things. Yeah. Anyways. So it's pretty cool. So we're basically just, it's been nice to be able to reflect. We're like, what, 24? How long have we been away from the house? Not even 24 hours. No. <laughs> it's nice, though, because it we've had time to reflect on our marriage and think about, you know, what it's going to look like to raise our son He's at that age now where he's getting to a period of transition where it's not just let's keep him alive, you know, like he's we're no noticing. longer just in survival mode. It's no, like, so I he, feel like we're actually like if able to do things like a family. <laughs> yeah, well, we go from, you know, we go we're going from caretakers to parents. Like he's born, he doesn't understand anything. We're literally keeping him alive. That's all we're doing. Yeah, but he's noticing things now. Yeah, and he, he notices people. He, and knows he knows when, when the TV's there. on. Yeah, he knows when the TV's he's on. Like, he sees our phone and he watches us like scroll through something. He's very aware of who's in the room. And that could just be his personality, but also his age. Like he is a very, in- I think people that have seen other babies have already said he's very inquisitive. Yeah, he's very like, curious. Very curious. But baby. that's that question, right? At what point do you start living the way you want your kids to see you live? Yeah, that's a good question. And the answer is probably sooner than you start. 
<laughs> so yeah. we're, that's a lot of we'll be able to think about this yeah because i feel like i think i've said this before in the podcast but i used to think to myself like oh one day i'm gonna be this woman who like wakes up and reads my bible and the kids see me like reading my bible at the kitchen table and like this is something they know that i do and then i heard a woman on the podcast be like okay so when are you gonna start doing that like you're not just gonna wake i don't remember who it was a yeah. pastor's wife or something they were like you're not just gonna wake up one day and all of a sudden be there yeah like you have to instill discipline in yourself to get to that point right yeah so and i'm by no means perfect at that so yeah this is yeah, an important not. <laughs> <laughs> thanks babe <laughs> just affirming you what oh. you're saying <laughs> no, no but that's a good like, point you're just like we're two years into marriage the questions about like when do we start doing this like this is what we want to be like and it's like okay well when are we going to start being like that <laughs> well let's use a silly example that is somewhat it's, it's silly because it's our life. It's not like drastic, but it's something that we were talking about being important, right? We talked about the other day, eating at the table. Yeah. We love, for a lot of our marriage, we just have eaten dinner on the couch with and watched TV. TV. Yeah. And we even do that with Atticus. You know, he, he'll be playing with his toys or something while we're eating. He's not, because he's not eating food well, at the same time we are. Well, and I was just talking about this are. to someone, the way that our living room and kitchen is set up, if we were eating in the t- table, we couldn't actually see him where his like play area is in the living room. Yeah. And now he's big enough that he can sit in a high chair. Yeah. Even if he he's can, not eating. He's yeah. playing with his toys. Because we don't, there. We obviously we're not eating the same food. It's not like we're all sitting down to eat a meal together. He yeah. eats, he drinks his bottle and he eats purees, you know. And a little Sometimes bit, if he wants Yeah, to. and a little bit after us, not at the same time. So we're used to just watching TV and eating. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's definitely a lack of connection. Like you and I, and we've talked about this too, which is interesting. There's like there's not necessarily a great time for us to sit down and talk about our day. I'm yeah. like, well, we could probably at dinner. I just thought about that the other day. I was like, well, we should just do that. Well, we did. I don't know if you remember. We did do that when we, we first to. got married. Oh, yeah, we used to. Yeah. Then we started watching TV more on like while we ate and stuff. But we don't want to have our kids grow up in an environment where right. that's what dinner looks like. We want dinner to be at the table as a family. So then the question comes... When do we start that? Yeah. And if we don't make an intention to start something simple like that now, he's going to be four years old and we're going to be like, oh, he's having throwing a fit because we're eating dinner at the table. He wants to watch TV. Because yeah. he knows that that's acceptable in our house. Yeah. Kids don't do that unless they know. Kids, kids know the standard. Yeah. If Atticus sees time on the TV, eating dinner on the couch, watching TV as a treat, like this is not normal. We're having a fun Friday night. Yeah. That's fun for him. If we go to the kitchen table with him and he's like, why are we doing this? We always eat the TV. He's throwing a tantrum. That is our fault. That yeah. is not his fault. He is met. He is living within the expectations that we set for him. <laughs> so we got it. So we just started thinking about that on the drive over here. Um, it was supposed to, it was a two and a half hour drive. We're, we're in this like lake house. It's beautiful. Um, in this small town in the middle of nowhere. It's so beautiful. We just had coffee this morning at this little cute coffee shop, had breakfast. Everybody on, knew, literally everybody who had walked in was like, oh, hi, to all the people who yeah. were there, not so, us. They didn't no, know us, but then, then, then one of the people came over to give us like a chair they took from our table. They said, hi, he's probably the mayor. I don't know. No, he <laughs> definitely like owned the restaurant And he's or probably something. the mayor and the head firefighter and the chief of police yeah. and postmaster general. <laughs> but on the drive over here, which, you know, it was supposed to be a two and a half hour drive. It became a three and a half, four hour drive because of traffic. Yeah, it was like four hours. <laughs> but... We had all this time talking. We were talking about, you know, what are we going to do with this TV thing? That's just a, It's a simple thing, but it's going to start ripple effects on our family. We need to start making these decisions now. He's six months old, and he's a little older than a six-month-old, I feel like, yeah. mentally. Like, he's paying attention. So that's one of the things we talked about. Let's start eating at dinner at the table. Yeah. And we're going to probably 
start that when we get home. We're, you know, know even last night we sat on the couch and ate dinner and watched TV here. This little tell anybody thing. what we ate for dinner. We pretended we were back in college eating whatever we wanted. It's funny, but you know, it's little things like that we're realizing. It, it's healthy for us to be able to get away, remove ourselves from the chaos of our lives, mm-hmm. to reflect and go, okay, what can we do to make our family the best family we can be? Right. Right now, it's us three. You know, a year from now, it might still be us three, but he's older. You know, we might have another kid. Who knows? We have to start laying this foundation now. Or at least, yeah, talking about it and seeing why it's important to start. Because I think I'm somebody who naturally is like, until it can be perfect, I don't want to do it. Like, per- what do you mean perfect? Like, for example, I'll share a different example and then I'll talk about the TV thing. Like, an example about reading my Bible. I've talked about this before. I don't want to do it unless it's like I have 30 minutes to myself with my coffee, with the highlighter, like exactly the way I want to look yeah. like. And if it's not like that, I have a tendency to not want to do it because I have this like expectation or standard that that's what it has to you be. You and I like. are similar in that way. Yeah. And so I think for us too, like we're not living in a house right now that's like set up the way we want to or like we know this is like a temporary home. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, well, we'll do that like when we have a when we're in a house that looks like what I want it to look like where the TV isn't in the living room. Yeah. Just push, and it's it, like, push it to the next life event. Yeah. And it's like, that makes no sense. Like who cares yeah. if the TV's in the living room? It doesn't mean you have to have it on. Yeah. What you said though, I'm like that too. I realized realistically, when will I get to the point where I can have everything lined up for that? Never. And it will be when all of our kids are out of the house and we're retired. Yeah. <laughs> so that's obviously not practical. Right. So for me, it's not, I don't need my highlighters and my pens and all that stuff. But for me, if, if I don't get it done in the morning, I, don't, I, I feel like I shouldn't, I, I'm like, oh, I'll just do it the next yeah. day. But if I have to take 30 minutes, an hour in the middle of the day to get in God's word and it's not the morning before I start my day, right. that doesn't mean anything. Who cares? Yeah. That's still so beneficial for me. The morning doesn't change anything. Yeah. Maybe that's my preference for time of day for my schedule. But if I don't get it in the morning, my response can be, okay, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. Like, okay, where am I going to fit in the rest of the day? Yeah. Do I actually think it's that important? But that has to do with, like, when we don't meet the expectations that we have for our day or for our family, like, are we still going to choose to glorify the Lord? Yeah. And, like, I think that's what we've been talking about is, like, life's never going to be perfectly lined up the way we want. Like, so, regardless, like, what are the things as a family that we're going to choose to do no matter what? Yeah. Like, what is it that we really are going to value as far as, like, a family goes in the way that the Lord wants us to glorify Him in everything we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good word. One of the things that we decided to do while we were here is kind of evaluate what we want our family to look like. And I think it's important that we we do that now because, you know, a few years from now, our family might look a lot different. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to have all our family. Let's say we want, let's just throw a number out there. Let's say we wanted to have three kids. We don't need to have that be our life stage where we have three kids to actually start preparing for what we want our family to look like. We can lay the foundation for that now. Which is why one of the things we wanted to do while we were here is kind of come up with like a family mission. Like what is our mission as a family? Like why do we want our family to be the way it's going to be? And we didn't actually come up with this idea on our own. It's that marriage journal that we've talked about before. Yeah. 
they in the beginning of the journal have you set like a core mission mm-hmm. statement and values. Yeah. We we never did that. Never really. did that. We talked about it. <laughs> we talked about it and we I think like threw around some ideas and I think now that we're like getting away for like our two year anniversary and we have Atticus, it's a lot easier to realize like yeah. okay, here's what we actually are seeing is important. Or like we've learned a lot, I think, from families that we've been surrounded by, whether it's here or in Texas or like just our own like parents instilling things in us. Like I think we've learned a lot. And so um, I think we're choosing to do that now, but this idea didn't come from ourselves. But if you like, if you ask, like I brought this up with a friend the other day and she was like, Oh yeah, we did that at the beginning of our marriage with our family. And I was like, Oh, like I didn't realize this was like a thing that people did, but yeah, I think it's, it's a thing that people, some people do. Yeah. You know, Maybe, like, in the church, I think more people do this than I thought. I didn't know anybody did this. I, I've never heard of anyone doing yeah. this either. Until I started bringing it up with people, and they were like, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Which is important, because if you have, and I'll just give you, uh, let's make me a little more practical example. A lot of our listeners go to church. Probably, I would say, most of them. You go to church, your church generally has a mission. Why do we do what we do? What's the mission? So, at Mountain Bible Church, our mission is to produce mature disciples. So, it's easy at any point in the church's life, whether it be this year or next year, to look and go, hey, is this decision aligning with our mission? Mm-hmm. Are we still following that mission? Hey, we're doing X, Y, and Z. Is that mission oriented? And that's the same thing with a family mission. We can look at what is, what, why do we want our family to be the way it is? What do we do as a family? We make major decisions. We do that to, we, we do that in the, in the operation of, our mission yeah. and for us it's also a way to say hey we want to raise our kids in this way but not just our kids we want to model this yeah so go ahead what are you gonna say no i was gonna say so let's go ahead and go yeah through what i was just gonna share with. we we came up with this today um we stole it from somebody we stole the outline <laughs> from somebody yeah well we changed a little bit um oh yeah that's right and you know now there's nothing new under the sun like <laughs> yeah. these are not like revolutionary no ideas. these are the most basic like, things yeah, basic things that you can go back to and like I, at Moody, started to believe strongly in, like, catechisms, and, like, I say that, I believe strongly in them. The way I don't you said have that, me- the, way you, the way you said that made it sound like, I believe strongly in, like, it was like an outside being, like a crystal or something. I oh, believe gosh. strongly in crystals. <laughs> just the way you said <laughs> no. that, just made it, that's what that's popped into my mind. definitely not that. No, the, no, what I was going to say is, like, um, I started learning about, like, children are being catechized, if you want to use that word, like, and part of that's happening through technology yeah. now. But, like, the early catechisms of the church, and, like, especially for children, I think are so prevalent. Like, it goes back to, like, that classical – this is a side tangent – that classical training that kids get in classical schools where it's, like, you start teaching them things to memorize, and then later they develop the meaning yeah. of them. Like, I think I think that's what classical schools – I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like that's a lot of times what happens in theology, right? It's like you understand Jesus Christ is both fully God and fully man. You memorize that yeah. as something that's true. You don't start to realize more about what that means until you've experienced Jesus Christ in your own life. Until you get older, we'll still never understand it perfectly. But it's like you still know that to be true because you memorized it when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. Another way just to put that even simpler is it's indoctrination. Yeah. Everyone is being indoctrinated by something. Right. Yeah. Your kids are being indoctrinated by things they watch on TV, things they hear in school, things they hear from their parents. And kids are designed to be indoctrinated. Their brains are designed to be molded and taken information. So what are you Jesus doing? Jesus Christ 
grew in wisdom and stature. Yeah. yeah. So what are you doing to indoctrinate your children? That word is definitely like a, a word that's kind of been hijacked. Yeah, that's why. Like, you're yeah. being indoctrinated into this right. left-wing or right-wing ideology. Like, okay, that's sure, you can use it that way, but let's just take the word of what it means. It's the idea of you're, you're being molded, you're being... Your brain's being developed. Yeah, so, you're learning things. So we are called to indoctrinate our kids with things of Scripture, to mm-hmm. teach them these things. And it's this idea of repetition. You're teaching them. You're speaking about them. When you sit down, when you lie on the way, when you walk on the way, when you lie down, when you sit up, that's mm-hmm. in scripture. We're always supposed to be dwelling on these things. What is yeah. these things? The truth is God's word. So as a family, we what we want to do is indoctrinate our children with the truth of God's word. We want them to know what's in God's word. And even at the point when maybe they're young, like you just said, and they know Bible verses or they know little statements like Jesus loves you. Maybe they don't really understand what it means that Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, came, was born as a human and died for our sins. Maybe they don't get that at the youngest age, but they will at one point. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of part of that. So as a family, we're trying to create an environment where our kids know what the expectation is. They know what the truth is. We're constantly relaying that truth to them. It surrounds everything we do. Because at the end of the day, we're going to be held accountable. for. We're not going to be held accountable for what our kids do absolutely not and that's a lie people believe that it's not true i'm not held accountable for anything my son does i'm held accountable for what i teach him to do if he if i teach him to love the lord and he goes off and you know stabs someone that's not my fault in terms of i can't control his actions mm-hmm. but we are called to train up our children yeah. in the ways of the lord um, and that's what that proverb says teach your children in the ways of the lord and they will not depart from it train up your child in the ways of the lord but that's prescriptive right that doesn't mean if you teach your child to love the lord he will love the Lord, you know, that's the problem. And that's the hard part. And I feel bad for a lot of families who, a lot of godly families I know, who, yeah, they, they poured everything in their kids and their kids are walking away from the faith. And doing things like this, having a family mission statement, isn't going to make just, it a perfect family. <laughs> gonna, by no means, right? But we just want to do everything that we possibly can to raise our kids well and to model that well. Yeah, well, I was going to say too, like we are held accountable just to throw like a Bible verse on this that I feel like, kind of encapsulates why this is important if you just look at like what the christian uh the great commission says for the christian like go and make disciples like teaching them of all nations but like teaching them admonishing them Mm -hmm. like training them up like your children if you have children like this is your first line of defense or your first line of like who you're discipling yeah and so where do you start yeah (laughs) you're making disciples okay um but it doesn't just end there. Like the part I love about the great commission doesn't just say, go make disciples, but it says, teach them. Like, so there's a level of training that's required. Mm -hmm. So not only are you evangelizing, are you having to go to someone and tell them about Jesus, but there's another layer, especially with your children, right? Of what are you going to teach them? What are you going to, how are you going to equip them and admonish them and exhort them to love Jesus? And that's going to change throughout different seasons. But let's go into what are the, things that we want to do as a family that can help us with that. Yeah, so our family mission statement is this. We want it's very simple, right? We want to be a family that loves Jesus, gives generously, and lives with integrity. And in that statement, there are basically three values, yeah. and those are the values we want to instill in our children. So the mission statement, it's pretty it's one sentence. After it's not going to be hard to memorize, you know. Yeah. Uh, you you say it enough times to a 2-year-old, a 3-year-old, they're going to be able to repeat it back to you. We want to be a family that loves Jesus gives generously and lives with integrity. And the first one is 
our first value is essentially we want to be a family that loves Jesus. Yeah. And I think that is the first one because it's the most foundational thing. Yeah. There's so many areas that in their life that will naturally fall in line if they love Jesus. I am not concerned. We haven't talked about this, so maybe you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not concerned with what our kids decide to do with their lives. As far in as term- like career? Career. Or job I don't or care. I don't care if our kid wants to be an astronaut if he wants to be a trash collector, if he wants to be a bartender, maybe not a bartender, like a waiter or something, you know? I don't care as, as long as they do whatever they're doing to glorify the Lord because they love Jesus. Yeah. If I can leave this earth knowing that my kids love Jesus, it doesn't really matter. All the other things yeah. do not matter to me as much. Obviously, things are important, but that is the most foundational thing. So you're telling me it doesn't matter if Atticus plays soccer? Uh, it does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> Eliana has. For someone who never played soccer, Ileana has a strange obsession with making sure our son plays soccer. I just think it's cute. It is cute. You played soccer, so it counts. I did. But that's the most important thing for our family, that we raise children who love Jesus. And the reason why we say we want to be a family is because this is not just something we want to teach our kids. We want to model this for our kids. We I want mean, to... this is what I want for you, too, as your spouse, right? Yeah. Like, the first thing that I would hope for you is, not hope, the first thing that I would pray and yeah. do for you is that you love Jesus, and the same for me, obviously, but... Yeah. So, first value, we want to be a family that loves Jesus. Second one, we want to be a family that gives generously. Yeah. I think... Sorry, were you going to... No, go ahead. go ahead. I think um, this is something that we've tried to do a lot in our marriage. Yeah. Um. And I think at the beginning of marriage, I thought this was just like with money. And I think we've grown. I mean, we've only been married for two years and who knows what the Lord will do. But like we've grown, I feel like, to an understanding of like there are some things that require us sacrificing our time and sacrificing the things that we do for people. Um, And we do that out of our like love and respect for them, but our love and respect for who the Lord is and why he calls us to give. And so... Um, I think naturally, I hope this doesn't come across as like bragging. I think naturally we both are giving people. Yeah, but you know why that doesn't come across as braggy? It's the same verse. Like why we don't boast in anything but Jesus, right? Yeah. So let's say this. We're not boasting in ourselves. We're boasting in our family. We are naturally more inclined to be giving people because we've seen that modeled for yeah, us. Yeah, that's true. Ileana and I are not just born giving people yeah um my parents and your parents are two great examples of families that give well yeah and when i say that i want to also be clear and the reason why it might sound strange at face value to say give generously that's a that's our second value yeah it's that is not a financial statement no no that's kind of it's included in that it's a stewardship thing so what is it that we're going to give generously from um yes our finances to others. Maybe people need things and we can say, hey, this money's not mine. It's the Lord's for me to given to me to steward. How can I bless you? Maybe that's giving to the church, the local body of Christ to exhort it, to grow it. Uh, maybe that's, hey, we have a large house and extra room. Do you need a place to stay? We're not going to charge I mean, you for it. Your parents have modeled that really well. They let we, people yeah. stay all the time. Yeah, yeah. we're not going <laughs> to charge you for the space because we trust that the Lord's going to take care of us and we just want to take care of you. Someone who has, we have and you might not have. That's an right. opportunity of giving generously. Hey, we're going to open up our home to our small group or to different events and, and let people, here's, a, here's an example. We live on the church property. 
people use our backyard, people do different things. And, you know, we could say it's not our job to say yes or no to that because it's technically not our property. But people ask us, hey, can we use your backyard for this thing at night? And we would be able to say no. And and I could, I I am confident that I would be, I could say no and they would respect that. But that's not, I feel like we've been given all that. We need to give back. Like, let them use it. We had a group last, the other day, they were playing volleyball and all these sports, that, and they had an awesome time. And they, that whole night, and this this is the part that sounds braggy, <laughs> that whole night was able to be pulled off just because we said, yeah, sure, go ahead and use our yard. And that's the, just a simple stewardship issue. But we want our kids to see us and go, hey, our parents, there was never a time when we saw them holding their money tightly in their hands or, or being so consumed with possessions or, hey, maybe we have a car that someone needs to borrow for a couple of days. Hey, yeah, go ahead and take it. Yeah. Like, if that blesses you, use our car. And I want to I say this too, like, me and you come from very different backgrounds when it comes to that. Yeah. And we've been able to see how with a lot and with little, like, you're still giving. Yeah. And if you've listened to my parents' testimony, like, they didn't talk about this too much, but, like, there were times where my family didn't have a lot. But my mom has always been, I don't know why I'm getting emotional. Maybe because <laughs> I'm away from my baby. <laughs> no, I'm just you have to go get him. Um, like, I feel like my mom has always been such a good gift giver. Like, yeah. that's the way that she gives to people is through her, like, gifts. And um, when we, like, lost our home and moved somewhere else and all of these things, like, I never felt like... Like, my mom always had the ability to make any house that we were in feel like a home. Like, Mm. it didn't matter if we were living in a small house or a big house or the church's house they were letting us borrow. Like, we we always had, like, something there because my mom was able to give us that through her ability to, like, give to our family and – or even give to others. And I feel like that was something that was important even when – in times where we weren't – like, I still feel like what you just said, we were never, like, holding on to everything that we have, being like, we could lose this at any moment. Like, yeah. even though that might have been the truth of what was happening, sure. like, it wasn't ours, it was the Lord's, right? And so, um, like you said, this isn't just a money thing. This is a this is a choice to say, what am I going to do with my time and all of the resources that God has given me? And um, our, ki- our kids notice that. Like, yeah. me and you, I feel like I've noticed that from our parents. And so... Yeah. And I think even another thing, like, let's take it to a more extreme level. You and I have talked about adopting at some point. Right. Like, let's not, that is an act of love and generosity. Just to take someone, and this, this is, the, this is the, the, the gospel right here. It's a picture of the gospel on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, what generosity and love was it for Christ to adopt us into his family, for God to adopt us into his family? Yeah. Um, when, when we, we had nothing, <laughs> yeah. And that's what kind of the cool thing about how, you know, adoption is a very Christian idea. Mm-hmm. It started in the church. If you trace back the origins of adoption, it's in the church. And we've talked about that. Let's open up our home to someone who's not our child. Let's, let's, we need to say what adoption is because it's important. Take someone who's not your child and make them your child. And bring them into your home and say, now you, everything that, that we have to give is yours. You're our child. You're our son. You're our daughter. There is nothing else that can, there's nothing that can change that now. Yeah. And that's crazy. And I want to be a part of something like that. I've seen it impact my life. My sister's adopted, and that was one of the best things I think my family ever well, we did. We were just talking about your grandfather was adopted. My, grand, my, my grandfather was adopted, which, you know, head of our family, you know, patriarch, started the, the fact that I'm even here is because someone adopted him. But I would have never had my sister yeah. if she wasn't adopted. We're best friends. You know, we talk all the time. And I just can't imagine a life without yeah. her in my life. And so um, 
we and we've talked about this. What would happen if we found out there was someone in our church or in our community that came to the church and they had a child and they were thought about, hey, I have to, yeah. <laughs> I have to give this child away. I have to abort this child because I can't take care of him. You know, hey, we'll take your child. Like, I think at the beginning no of questions our marriage, asked. we said to each other, you never have to ask the other spouse for permission. If, if it's a split second decision, say yes. If you need to make a yes. decision, you can need to say and, yes. And I told yeah. that to someone once and they're like, that's crazy. And I'm like, it is crazy. But not really. But I just don't know if I was, I don't think I was called to live that comfortable life. And I'm to be very clear. I live a very comfortable life. I oh, have, yeah. I have a nice car. I have a nice house. We have a roof over our head. We're we at have, a vacation We home. don't have any debt. <laughs> we have the money that we need to get by, not just get by, but do nice things. I'm not sitting here pretending I'm on in Malaysia. You know, that's just not the case at all. But I have, we've been given too much to be selfish with our stuff. And I, that is not just giving to people, but that's, I think in our future, Lord willing, bring yeah. someone into our home. Oh, yeah. Um, and we've talked about that. Probably should, it's process like a 45 year process and probably starting out. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that's our second thing. We want to be a family that gives generously and that is not just a financial thing. That is a very holistic thing. Our missions trips. Remember when we did that with your parents? That was, that was fun. the first mission trip I went on. That was fun. That was fun. And the third thing is we this. We thought this was going to be a short podcast. <laughs> that's funny. The third thing is this. We want to be a family that lives with integrity. Mm-hmm. A family that loves Jesus, gives generously and lives with integrity. And I think this comes down to, okay, our kids love Jesus. Great. Our kids are generous people. They've seen it modeled for us. Great. Now we want to make sure we instill in our kids biblical values of integrity. They live with integrity. They, are, they have upstanding moral character. They're honest. They um, are above reproach in, those, in a lot of these ways. And all that comes from being children who are being fed with God's word. Can you share the difference between integrity in the Old Testament and the New Testament again? If you can't, what you just shared with me before the podcast started? Oh, I could try to find it. I was just reading it earlier. I remember what um, you said. Um, I just think it's an interesting display of the gospel. That's why I wanted to bring it up, but I'll share a few. Can you remember find. it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> so integrity in the Old Testament, you were saying, rep, um, is defined by like a state of perfection or being without blemish. Um, integrity in the New Testament is like being honest, being respectful, being honorable, above reproach. And I think it's just interesting that when you think of, okay, well, in the Old Testament, there was a sacrificial standard for sin, right? Um, you had to be, you had to offer something that was without blemish. And so to live with integrity was something that we were, we are unable to do within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like just that idea of like being perfect, being without blemish, like that's something we are unable to do without the Holy Spirit and without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so the fact that in the New Testament that's recognized and to say like, now you're called to live honorably, to live honestly, to live of a moral upright character, above reproach, those things like, I think it's just interesting display of the gospel even more to say, okay, we're no longer like to tell our children, like we don't expect you to live a perfect life. We don't expect you to live up to a standard like this, right? Like we expect you to live in a way that represents who Christ is like. Yeah. Um, and so we know that you're not going to do that perfectly, but we hope that you're honest and you are walking in a way that's through sanctification, right? Yeah. You're getting better at this. You're being matured 
right? Yeah. Thinking of Atticus, obviously right now knows nothing about being morally upright because <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't heard or seen any discipline that happens when you don't do that, right? And yeah, so, he's a child. Um, so teaching them that, but I think it's just interesting that in the Old Testament it meant something like perfect and um, without blemish versus now. That's not what we're called to do. Like, we're not called to be perfect. Jesus calls us to live a life that's glorifying to him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what he wants for us. So Yeah. So those are our three family values that come about our, out of the mission that we created. We want to be a family that loves Jesus, gives generously, and lives with integrity. And so the goal is not just to have that as, okay, cool. Eliana and I talked about that in 2023. Like, we want to make sure that not only are we teaching these things to our kids, that at any moment you could ask our kids, hey, what are your family values? And they would know these things. That's the indoctrination. That's the catechizing, right? But now we're actually putting it into practice. We're living it out. And so that not only are they hearing those things, they can repeat these things, but there's actually actions put to words. And then beyond that, what's our responsibility as the parents? We need to not only model this, but we need to make sure we revisit this regularly, maybe every year. We do something like this where maybe it's just we get away for a day. Maybe it's not even overnight. We're just gone for 12 hours. We go to a coffee shop or something, and you and I, away from our kids, go, hey, how are we doing at living out our family mission? Are we doing this well? Do we need to change something or whatever and going through these family values? And I think if we do that year after year, uh, I think it will bless our children because we are part – got to remember this. Not only are we part of a legacy of faith – but we're helping continue a legacy of faith. Yeah. So our legacy of faith started from our parents and they probably started from their parents or someone who spoke into your parents or my parents' life, yeah. right? So I know for me, um, it's you know, for you and I, it's a little different, but it doesn't really matter how we got there, right? Our parents yeah. who love the Lord passed the legacy of faith on to you and I and yeah. to your siblings. So now what's our job? To continue that legacy of faith, yeah. which by the way, spans back all the way to the, the New Testament church. Where where we see like yeah it's awesome in fact even further you know Abraham is justified by faith right yeah. so so that's a legacy of faith that is slowly continuing down the line so what is our job our job is to make sure when we're gone our kids have something to pass on to their kids which that's, is doesn't just need to be money no in fact hopefully it's not if we're giving generously no I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah. um but that's really what it is we just want to have this weekend was good for us because we realized not only do we need this. Um, but we need this to do parenting well. Yeah. It's not just something that's like, oh, it's going to be fun. Like we should have this somewhere. Like we should have it written up. Oh, we can get a cute little sign on Etsy or something. Yeah. It's like framed oh, on our wall. We should do that. And that's, that's something we see. Like this is, Hey, what, what are our family values when we're trying to teach our kids? Hey, you're even at different ages. I'm just thinking like, Hey, why aren't you sharing that with your sister? Don't you remember our second family value? We're supposed to give generously. <laughs> Things like that. And that sounds, I know you're laughing and it's kind of funny. No, it's it's, cute. It is. Yeah. It's cute. It's funny. But, but that's kind of like, this is our little version of taking scripture and trying to make it as bite-sized and applicable as possible for our kids. Yeah. And, and it can be adopted at every older. age, yeah. right? For Atticus and whoever, our, maybe whoever our next kid is, maybe that's a silly <laughs> example. Hey, why aren't you sharing? That's the giving generously. Maybe to an 18 year old, that's conversation is different, but we're still trying to be a family right. that loves Jesus, gives generously and lives 
with integrity. So here's the challenge. And we're saying this on the podcast so we can be held accountable. Yeah, that's actually true. I was just thinking now everybody's going to know that we're supposed to eat dinner at the table. So, <laughs> so if you come over to our house and we start sitting on the couch. Well, we never do that when people are over. That's, we pretend that we're morally upright. <laughs> <laughs> but the challenge is to pray. First of all, we have been praying about this for a while. Well, I have. I guess I won't speak for you. Before we did this. I have not. No, I'm just kidding. And um, so I would say pray. But I think even if you're not married. Oh, like, I was about to say that. You, if you, have, you can do this for your okay, own life. If you are a single person, not in a relationship at all, if you're living under your parents' roof, you can have an individual mission for your life and for your future family. Even if it's not a future family. What is it you, I mean, you like want your you life to your look family, like? That's so. what I'm saying. If you're, just, if you, if you're a single <laughs> yeah. person, what is it you want your life to look like? What do you want people to see in your life? And what are some of those values you want to live by? If you decide to get married one day, that can carry into your family. If yeah. not, let's say you decide to live, you're living a life of singleness your entire life, which by the way, congratulations. That's not a bad thing. If that's something you've decided to do, that's a blessing. That could be a blessing from the Lord to be more oh, effective yeah. in ministry. Paul talks about that extensively, right? I hope all the single people don't stop listening at the beginning of the podcast. That's funny. <laughs> um, but this is, this is a way to live your life. Yeah. And people will see that. This will influence those around you. People will realize that you're living differently. And you obviously and all this comes from God's word. Do not need to take the three things we use. No, like those are things that we found. These are things that we wanted to be priorities in our yeah. family. And it if you want to take those three things, take them. Yeah. Congratulations. But it we, also doesn't mean there's things that we're not adding to that list as well. Yeah, you know? the, it doesn't. <laughs> we we have other values. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even to say that like if pizza night. No. The, <laughs> there's other things that are obviously important. But we feel like these three areas encompass for our family what we want to leave as a legacy. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Was so that like challenge, an hour-long episode? 36 minutes so Great. far. <laughs> so the challenge is pray about making this for yourself. What is your individual mission going to be for your life? If you're married, what is it going to be for your family? Um, if you have kids, what is it going to be for that part of your family? And think seriously about this because your kids are going to receive training yeah and molding from somewhere yeah. guaranteed yeah. it will be from school Gosh. it'll be from their friends if their friends are watching things they shouldn't be that's what will come out it's going to be what the what you put on the tv or it's going to be what you teach them or what you don't even think they have access to and they just click on on your phone so goodness gracious you have to be aware that what you what you very intentionally pour into your kids matters and is very important so we kind of realize that Praise God, and we're trying to start as early as possible. Um, we're going to start with Atticus, and we're going to start when he's six months old. So maybe some of these things are a little silly because he doesn't understand. So if you're listening but to we're this start. and our kid is already like 16. And he's crazy. And he's crazy then. You can blame We tried. We tried. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you got anything else for him? No. Well, enjoy we the break from our series. and Yeah, so we'll be picking up. Um, the next podcast after this with another fruit of the spirit, kindness. That'd be a fun one to talk about. But we're really excited that we could do this. We're excited that we were able to get away just for a day, really, and yeah. just kind of focus on our marriage and what we want it to look like. And hopefully we can have another another update like this similar next year where we talked about what how are we doing? Yeah. Did it go well? Did we fail? Did we fail? <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna fail plenty along the way, but Anyway, we hope this was encouraging for you guys. Um, we're excited that we get to do this podcast, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.